Welcome to the Inspire Wire, a podcast where ideas are exchanged, worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the Inspire Wire with your host, Tom Murphy. Welcome to the Inspire Wire podcast. I'm your host, Tom Murphy. And for those who are new listeners, welcome. And for those who have listened before, welcome back. Uh, it's been a while, uh, taking a hiatus kind of in the holiday season, and I appreciate you guys um, coming back and listening to me now. Um, I am excited for 2018 and all the guests and conversations I'm going to be having. As you, it, For those who've listened to the last few episodes that I've been posting, um, they were more kind of focused. I, I tried to mention to everybody that I wanted to focus more on the topics of conversation, um, ideas as opposed to people themselves, um, and you know, trying to find interesting conversations to talk about. Um, so that's the goal here. Um, I also emphasize that I am always looking for um, people to come and um, suggest to be a guest on the podcast because uh, the more the merrier and um, if you got a cool idea, anything that you think is very interesting or a passion of yours, something that is very, that can provoke a really, it may be controversial, but more um, importantly, an interesting conversation. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to talk with you about it. So um, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you guys can reach out to me at uh, my Twitter, which is at InspireWirePod, or um, also my email is InspireWirePod at gmail.com. So definitely reach out to me with any questions or suggestions or anything like that. Um, I really want to hear from you guys, and also the more guests, the merrier. Um, also, I'm definitely, uh, as far as the blog goes, I'm going to be posting... Um, I'm going to get back into writing more blogs. Those, As far as the blogs go, those, I've only uh, written a few, but those have been uh, specific interests of mine, um, things that I want to talk about and really um, flesh out into a longer essay or article. I'm planning on doing a lot more of those and really um, discuss some interesting topics Um and um, I'm going to be doing that more frequently, hopefully. And also, if anybody's interested in, and also if anybody's interested in writing their own blogs um, that are, you know, interesting ideas, things that they've come up with, um, I'd love to hear from you guys. I'm looking for people who'd like to be contributors uh, on the InspireWire, and I really haven't thought it through that much, but if you're interested in writing about whatever you want, like literally anything and I'd ha be happy to have it on on my website um please contact me like I mentioned before um you can find me on Twitter and email so so definitely reach out to me um so that that does it for the kind of housekeeping things I'm really excited like I said and um to kick it off we got um Chris Dabowski on the show he is um, someone I met in Valencia, he was the quarterback for the Firebats, uh, the Spanish football team, um, three, for three years in a row prior to, uh, when I got there and I got to meet him and he's a really cool guy. Um, now he's in the Philippines. Um, he started up a, um, kind of a tour company on a boat with, his uh, friend uh, Seke, who was a coach uh, for the Firebats and also a player, and I got to play with him as well. He's a really good guy, and he um, Skyped in from Philippines, and we got to talk about a lot of cool things. I think you'll really enjoy the conversation, so let's go straight to the interview. So you're out. Um, is it the island of... Lupita, is that what it is, or 
Ah, uh, Lupita. That's, that's, that's nice that you know Lupita. Um, yeah. Lupita's the company name that um, okay. me, and, me and Seke came up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And um, the it's island called, is called... Sh- it's called Lupita Adventures. Is that the name? L- yeah, Lupita Adventures is the name of the okay. of the company, yeah. Um, and the island is, is called Shargao. It's uh, S-I-A-R-G-A-O. Shargao. Okay, all Shargao. right. Yeah. All right, nice. That's awesome. I mean, and uh, so are you guys in full swing in the season or is it kind of just um, whenever you guys feel like? Is there is it um, a specific time where it's really, really going or right now you guys are kind of chilling out? Not, I don't know. I don't know. Just asking kind of what their schedule is like. No, for sure. Um, well, we just started the company in August this year. We've nice. been working. We've been here about a year and a half now. Um, but, I mean, we've been working on it for a lot longer. But we launched in August of, well, of 2017. And so now um, we're not doing any trips right now. Our captain actually needed to get surgery. Okay. And so he is out of commission for a little bit. But I think we're going to have a replacement captain going pretty soon here. And, um, but yeah, I mean, right now is actually the best time for that to be going on because it's rainy season on the island right now. Okay. In that region of the Philippines. I mean, every, the Philippines isn't that big. It's, I mean, it's 7,100 something islands, but, um, geographically it's not that big, but you'll find in different parts of, um, the Philippines, they have their, I mean, there's only two seasons here. It's wet and dry. Okay. And, um, well, not dry. What would it be? Like wet and not wet <laughs> season, basically. Wet and hot. I yeah. Mean, and with this, um, climate. But, so right now, like, I'm, for example, I'm a one hour flight away from my island. Yeah. But here it's not rainy season, but on my island is rainy season. So, like, a lot of little different microclimates going around here. And so, that being said, with being rainy season, this is the best time. First, yeah. you kind of having a little break. Um, don't really want the break to be too much longer, and it won't be. But um, yeah, timing worked out pretty well for that. Um, but as far as being busy, that island's getting pretty popular pretty fast. Like as of like two years ago, right now in January, island be pretty dead, not much going on. Now, everywhere's sold out. Everyone's been sold out for since before Christmas and. Island, yeah, man, it's getting getting busy there all the time. So there's really no down season for tourism or yeah anything like that. Anyway, it's just kind of like a year-round gig. Um, well, that's with good. Sometimes the weather being better and the waves being better than others, but yeah. Right. Nice. So um, I guess one of the main questions I had, oh, I thought about um, asking you was. Um, I was really interested in obviously the business that you and Seke uh, created, um, and I guess my my first question would be, uh, when did you or 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 Zeke come up with the idea of it, and and why Philippines? I mean, these are this is a huge question, obviously, but it just it's interesting to me to think about um, like how this idea came to you because I mean you may you must have had a connection or something what 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 brought you to this area and and this specific um, um, you know tourism industry and, and things like that oh good question um, <laughs> that happened when that decision was made when I was still living in Spain. Right. Um, in Valencia, as you know. Yeah. Um, Background for everyone. Uh, Zeke was, uh, head coach for the Valencia Firebats and Chris was the quarterback for the Valencia Firebats for three years, correct? Yeah, three years. Yeah. And, and Zeke was a coach and a player and, um, a really good guy and, and, um, so, back to your story. You guys were, uh, you know, playing and, and he was coaching and, and you guys were probably just chilling and thinking, hey, why not? 
Kind of, kind of. Um, well, after the season, that was the season when we won the championship. Right. Nice season. Everyone was <laughs> obviously happy. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice time to be in Valencia with the Firebats. Yeah. And um, so after the season, um, we ended up taking trips at the same time. He came here to the Philippines to Chargao, and I did the Camino de Santiago. Um, right. Walking across Spain. And both of our trips were right around the same amount of days, and... Um, we got back to Valencia like one day apart from each other. It was like the the timing worked out perfect, and um, and so oh man, let's get some let's get some drinks and talk about our trips. And so we sat down and basically, well, we spent most of the time talking about Shargao uh, in the Philippines. He came here for a 28 day trip, and um, he was supposed to go to another island where one of his friends from actually from Valencia is living now. Has been there for like three, four years, something like this. And, um, he's like, well, first, like, before you come here, he's like, stop at, stop in Shargao for like a week and then come and visit me for like the other two and a half, three weeks. And so Seke came first to Shargao and his trip was 28 days. He ended up spending 25 of them here, here on the island. And then he went to visit his friend for the last three days. And he's like, man, the Shargao is awesome. I want to move there. And he was telling me all these things. I want to start a business there. And I was like, man, that just sounds rad. Like, um, I can picture I, I can picture him being like so ecstatic. Just, about oh it. wow, yeah. man, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was. He sold me. He sold it. Yeah. Um, uh, he was right, man. What an incredible place. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, basically, we started talking about it, and I told him that that sounds like something. You know, I always pictured myself doing. I didn't know what, but I wanted to be in a place that just like he described and um and so yeah we got more in depth more talking and talking about it and before i had left spain i was like yeah man i think um, yeah, i'm coming coming with you sounds like sounds like fun yeah and then you right then you were able to come back uh the following march and i got to meet you and um you were able to meet up with him and i'm sure talk more about it and and everything like that and and get into the works um but that's awesome that's that's an awesome story i think and it seems like you guys are so far so good i mean i've followed it in somewhat basically on uh social media and, and it seems like you guys have you know uh, done well and and um and i'm wishing the best for you guys to you know keep doing your thing and um and have fun with it obviously um yeah man thank you appreciate it yeah so um i guess another question um would be so what exactly um aside from you and zeke and the captain uh what what else do you guys go into with like preparations like do you guys have a lot of people on staff is and are you guys? And what exactly is the experience? I know that you guys take them out, take everybody out on tours. Um, you know, into the I don't know what you guys are exactly doing. Uh, so maybe you can <laughs> fill us in. Okay. Um, you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought yeah, switching. Okay. Um, well, as far as, um, what was the first thing staffing about what kind of, um, setup we have there? I mean, it's pretty small. It's me, Seke, um, Seke's in Spain right now. He'll be back in April. So right now it's me. And then we have, besides the captain working on the boat, we have two crew, two deckhands. Um, they're local from the area. Um, that they don't really speak English. So that's, um, a nice, and now that the captain's not there, the moment they're yeah, speaking English with them, it's, it's, yeah. um, yeah, for when you have someone that works with you. That's And actually, we're, lu- you were lucky, yeah, I was about to bring that up, um, I think is what you're asking about yeah. the language, no? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're spoiled here in the Philippines, man. Every, like, for the most part, everyone speaks English. Wow. If anyone went to school, you can tell people that didn't go to school, because they usually don't speak English. But oh, that's wow. not, but that's not very many people. Um, so yeah, you I mean the language. Yeah, we're lucky and spoiled with the That's language huge here. Huge for your business too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously people have uh, like higher levels than others, but to be able to get your point across and stuff, it's, yeah, it's, uh, we're lucky with that. But, um, anyways, back to the crew. So yeah, we have the captain, two deckhands, and then we have two at the moment, two girls that will do tours for us. Um, and so the way, the way that most companies or most, um, businesses run in Shargao is that they'll hire managers usually for the most part like foreign foreign managers you know from Europe from North America and they'll run the resort as a manager for anywhere from like three months to a year and usually people are moving in and out of there in and out of there and so a lot of resorts will just be switching up their managers as well obviously you don't want to do that but that's just the nature of the island and um so right now we have two girls working maybe one more coming on and then that'll probably turn into some kind of rotation of just hiring and people leaving hiring people leaving um hopefully we can get a couple that stay on a little longer but we'll see we'll see what happens and um as far as the tours right now we offer i think through four different four different options um we have a sunset cruise we have a surfing trip to an island that's about an hour and a half off the coast, and then we have a, like a hiking trip to another island that is about in 45 minutes to an hour away. And um, so, I mean, all three trips have a very different. Oh, then we have private rentals where you just rent the boat and you can do whatever you want with it and go around and do fun things. Yeah. Um, but as far as like each different each trip we have is like a pretty different. Like I said, one's a hiking trip, one is a um, surfing trip and the other one's like a sunset cruise. We have a DJ on the boat. We have a, we have a bar on the boat. So we're just serving drinks. We have a DJ going around watching the sunset and we have dive wings where it's, do you know what a dive wing is? Uh, no, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind would be like you have, um, uh, a little area where you, you can, it's almost like a diving board that's like sticking out onto the, the water. Is that anything close? Close. It's pretty close. Like I did, I had no idea what a dive wing was until I got to that island. And but apparently, like my buddy from Hawaii has used them in Hawaii before, so they're not anything that's like specific to here. Um, it's basically a piece of wood that is shaped into a wing, and you have it in the water, and, and a rope is connected to it, and you tie the rope to the back of the boat and have the other end connected to the wing, and then you put a snorkel mask on, and you the boat goes fairly slow. But you're on this wing, and then you can glide up and down through the water and do turns and spins. Oh, and okay. So if you're going close to like a coral reef, and, and I mean, this thing's cool. The first time I tried it, I had no idea. Really, I didn't think I can go up and down that fast. But in like one second, you're like 12 feet deep. It's like, whoa, man, Like you can do some fun stuff on this <laughs> thing. So, nice. um, so, yeah, on that trip we have. The dive wing, the DJ, drink, sunset. It's, nice. yeah, it's a nice setup. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, yeah, you can probably see some pictures on our yeah. Facebook. And I saw, website. um, I saw pictures of a lot of the Firebats crew who, who made the trip down for one of your very first, like, trips. Mm. And, and that was, like, so jealous. That looked like a really good time. Oh, that was a good time. We put those guys to work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but, um, that sounds great. I mean, speaking of the fire bats, um, one question I wanted to bring up was, you know, just kind of your inspiration behind travel and, and the lifestyle that you kind of lived so far. I mean, for, for those who don't know, um, the fire bats, um, the, the way that I got recruited was through Josh, who was uh, a teammate of yours and also a teammate of mine, and uh, you know he went to the same college as me. But um, the the way it works out there is, you know, we we get signed on as a player and we get put up, and it's a great experience because we get to be in Spain and and all we do is play football. If we're lucky to get a side job, that's that's great too. But it was nice because you know. It was a very authentic, uh, experience being abroad and you are able to be 
immediately accepted into a group of people that you've never known before. And um, I don't know, it's a great way to experience another culture because you're immediately one of a, a tight-knit group. And I don't know about you, but any anyone who went through that experience, it's 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 an amazing one to to go into, and it really it it changes you know your perspective, and especially with travel. And I was wondering if that was the the turning point, or have you always been um, someone who um, was inspired by travel, and you'd always done that, and then this was just another piece of the puzzle. Ooh, um, well, I think I've been exposed to traveling quite a bit as a kid. Like my my grandparents would be, they'd always be going places. They bring stuff back from like Africa and all the crazy different places they went. And so, um, so I think I've been exposed to it. I I did a bunch of traveling with my parents when I was young. It was all all of it was in the states, and all of it was pretty much to watch my brother play college football. Okay. Um, but I got to go visit a lot of different universities when I was, yeah, I don't know what that would have been in like my, yeah, like sophomore year of high school, sophomore, junior year. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I'd always liked the idea of getting on a plane, going somewhere new, seeing something different. Um, and so when I, and it's, oh, it's funny that you brought up like the immediately being, um, Accepted. What's it called? Accepted. accepted. Thank yeah. you. Ex- immediately being accepted. Um, cause that's a big thing I was, t- I always tell people about my experience there and how my experience there playing on that team will be far different from any travel experience or even just a place, next place I'll move. Just that alone will make it so much different and so much better in ways. Um, well, different, better. It was a good time. Um, but that makes a bit, yeah, it makes a really big difference in um, seeing a place and getting to know the people and different perspectives and yeah, man. Um, but as far as traveling, yeah, um, I've always wanted something different, I guess. Of um, when I was, you know, growing living in the U.S. and from high school, I wanted to go to university far away. I had to go to a junior college, play for a couple seasons, but um, and then after that, I went to New York. Like I wanted to be, you know, I've always, I always, I always wanted to go to a school in the East Coast, just kind of go f- see what's on the other side. Like I'd been there a few times, but right. I don't know, live something different. Yeah. Um, and then when I finished playing college ball, and I had the opportunity to go to Germany, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, man. Just another another year of not having to enter the real world. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get a job or anything. I don't want to get a nine to five. Well, yeah. get a job that sounds bad, but I'm like, I don't want to get a nine to five. And no, that, that um, makes sense. Yeah, and my dad was pushing for me to get a more serious job, and and I was like, well, man, if I have this opportunity to go play in Germany, and he's like, okay, you know, take a year. But I think he was really hoping that I'd come back and get a settled job and something with security and safe and work my way up to, I don't know. Yeah. work my way up. And so about halfway through my first year in Germany at a practice, the head coach came up to me and said, Hey, do you want to come back next year? Cause I were pretty happy with how you are, like with you as a person and you, how you play and you're making our team a lot better. And so I was like, yeah, man, sure. I'll be back. And so, <laughs> Why not? Didn't even have to really think about it longer than five minutes to be like, yeah, I'll come back. Um, and so yeah, I did that for a couple of years and kind of got into the groove. Like after that, after that second season in Germany, I went and lived on, lived and worked on a sailing boat. Well, it's almost a hundred years old now, this boat. I think it's like 98 or 99 years old. Wood brigantine tall ship. Yeah. Um, so did that and, I think I just got into a groove of being, after that first and second year there of just being away and and con- like it's it's definitely um an acquired thing like being able to be comfortable you know on the move and and in different scenarios I I definitely think that's a factor 
And once you make that first step, it's a lot easier. Um, I think it's you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, still for me, I mean, even when I was in Spain for a few years and here, there's still so many moments like I'm not exactly comfortable. It's yeah. funny going back to the U.S. now, especially after being here. Well, like, well, what a big difference living in the Philippines compared to the U.S., especially where I'm at on this island. Um, I mean, yeah, the island is paradise and, you know, it's, but it's, it's pretty rough, man. It's not, living there is not for everyone. Um, I have a friend from here who, who she went there for three days and she's like, yeah, I think I could spend three days here. That's it. So <laughs> there's definitely not a place for everyone. Um, and there, a lot of the times you're going to be wet. I mean, the only way to get around is on motorbike. Yeah. And, um, like right now they're just now starting to enforce a helmet law. So, I mean, you're just riding around. I don't wear shoes there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to be wet a lot. You're going to be in, I kind of uncomfortable situations and, um, so you just kind of, it's for some people and it's not for other people. And even at times I'm like, Ooh, man, kind of rough right now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think being, com- being comfortable while uncomfortable yeah. is yeah. kind of for travel. doesn't matter where you go. Yeah. I, I feel like that is definitely true. I mean, I definitely had that a little bit, but, um, I guess maybe it was the way that, like, I, I keep going back to it, but the community around the Firebats is so strong. It, it was, it was some, somewhat of a comfortability thing where they were able to provide a lot of support. Um, and that goes a long way. Like, you even mentioned it too. Like, it, it's no small thing when, when a, a group of people like accept you that quickly it, it's um like for example um um carlace uh he he got married that summer that i was there and he invited um all of us all the imports too to come to his like bachelor party which is just oh it, i saw pictures yeah. and yeah it was crazy <laughs> man we went to uh what was the city it's just south just south of Valencia. um benny benny dorm yeah benny dorm yeah benny dorm and it was just like i and we got like this villa or whatever but it was just like an insane experience i was like i've never been on a bachelor party and <laughs> and now this guy who i've known for like a month or so or two months it's crazy it's crazy oh i heard solete broke a bunch of stuff on that trip oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was uh lots of damages <laughs> oh man not surprising <laughs> Not surprising. Jealous I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, we just had to bump up everybody's, uh, you know, the amount we chipped in. Just had to pay a little extra. Yeah, just for Solete. Yeah, but uh, no, man, I was like blown away because it's like you you think, oh yeah, like we're gonna have a good time. Like it it discouraged me from like wanting to go around and and hop around to different like cities because i was like why would i want to spend a weekend seeing like a couple landmarks in another in another country when i could just hang out with these guys who are are awesome and and be like get the most authentic experience in spain i could like one weekend i think um I was helping, um, ah, oh, I'm trying to think. I was helping. One of the guys on the team. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the guys on the team, uh, we went to his grand, his grandmother's house and, uh, we were helping him clean up, um, his yard or whatever, uh, her yard because she couldn't. Um, but while we were doing that, she was making her, like, uh, a pie dish, like her homemade like paella and we were just like after she fed us and it was like amazing obviously and i was just like 
this is a great way to spend a weekend, just getting a home-cooked meal from uh, one of the players' grandmothers. It was just, like, awesome. You know? <laughs> I'm sure that paella was pretty good, too. It was it was phenomenal, for sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many weekends like that where they were just, like, we were just chilling, doing, doing what, you know, guys from Spain do in, in that time. <laughs> you know, it's just, like... I don't know. Yeah, no, um, I totally get it. Uh, it was, I mean, when I was in Germany, I, I mean, I liked the guys on the team a lot. The area I lived in was nice, but every chance I could, I was going to travel. But when I was living in Spain, I was more of like a homebody in that city. And if I did go traveling, it was with the guys on the team right. to one of their villages or to do something fun with them. And, yeah, Spain just like sucked me in like that. I didn't really have a desire to leave the country. I, I wanted to do things with the guys on the team and, and, um, you know, have them show me their own towns and, you know, with the Josito's home, the village with him. That's with who it was, Josito. Josito. I was wondering if it's Josito because I've been to his grandmother's house. Okay. We okay. didn't get a paella, but <laughs> we hung out for a while and I yeah. played basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, some little kid there. I don't know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was... Yeah, Josito's grandmother, nice lady. <laughs> yeah, no, that, it's crazy how that works. I mean, all that all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, it always blew my mind, too, because when I was, like, all I did all day, like, I tried to get um, a part-time job, and I almost had one lined up, but it just didn't work out. I was going to, like do some English lessons and things like that. I know you did that for a little bit. Um, mm. But um, the uh, all we did was, you know, we hung out. Well, I hung out and, uh, you know, went to the gym and, and I had practice at, you know, whatever, 8 p.m. And everybody else on the team had practice too, but they also had jobs. And, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's like they're taking all... Uh, quite the time commitment out of their day and and they're and they're paying to play and all that and they're still just like i don't know it just seems seems crazy to me but it was amazing to be a part of it you know yeah and that's the thing is like (laughs) these guys are paying to play yep and yeah i mean that's how you know you get passionate guys I mean, yep. nothing. I imagine putting that system of paying to play American football in the U.S. People yeah. are like, "What? No." But um, yeah, what a good group of passionate guys. Because yeah, I mean, you have this thing. If you are paying to play, you are, and you're given that time. I mean, what time? You guys practice. We had the same practice time, right? Eight. What, yeah, um, it was either eight, eight thirty. Eight thirty. Yeah, eight thirty, and it would usually go two hours. Like, I know, um, our coach, our head coach, uh, was Taco, and he was your assistant coach, right? Oh, that's right. You guys did have Taco. Yeah, we had Taco, and, and he was, uh, he was, he was very, um, I don't know, very insistent on being, on, on, on being thorough and like, even if like we didn't have a lot of guys, he would still want us to be out there and, and, you know, he would not even focus on anything but the offense and the linemen would just have nothing to do for a lot. Of t- it was, it was crazy because we just like have so many, sometimes we wouldn't have enough guys and we, and we wouldn't be able to do a full practice, but he would try to just like get our two still hours, just put something together. Yeah, and when that's kind of just not like working, you know, I don't know, but it was it was crazy to me because some of these guys like, if I'm if it's not a full practice, like, why why are we spending this time and all that? But and it's crazy like for those who don't know, um, the league that we were in, it was a game every two weeks instead of a game every week. (laughs) So on those weeks where you don't have anything going that weekend. It was very, you know, it was it was difficult to keep. Like, I, if I was in Spain, I was and I was um had a job and and whatnot, and and there weren't many people showing up to practice. It's just like it's gonna be hard 
to get that motivation when you don't have so I mean it was difficult I'm, I don't know how um, Seke did it as far as <laughs> like keeping everybody like happy and, and kind of staggering practices or something like that but you know it, it was definitely difficult I felt bad for the players sometimes yeah um Man, the way Seke did it was pretty much a 180 of the way Taco would do it, or ta- the way Taco did it. Um, he would, oh, I forgot what the number was, but if we didn't have 18 people at, I think we started at 9. Okay, yeah. We started at 8.30 or 9, I'm not sure, but we'd always yeah. finish around 11 or so. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> which is so Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes we go over, man, and then it's just like we're yeah. still there. So, uh, people are sleeping around us. <laughs> and that's the way it works. Um, that is part of, part of the way that's, that's how it works in Spain because everything's pushed back in the way. Push back. Like, yeah. the, the, take a two hour nap every day. Exactly. The work, the work schedule plus the dinner schedule plus everything's open later and things like that. So, but. Yeah, and so if we didn't have 18 guys, I think was the number by nine o'clock, the practice was canceled. Yeah. And he would, and even if we wanted to go, like he would be really serious about it. Like he would be pissed off right. <laughs> for one, really pissed off. And then he would, um, he would just kind of, yeah, just be pissed off and tell everyone to get off the field. Yeah. Even if he wanted to go on the field and work on something, he's like, no, get out of here, go home, like, yeah. leave. <laughs> And so I think, which is... That's probably yeah, smart. It's smart, it's, but I think it's better than just doing like a bullshit practice because yeah. then if you're doing this bullshit practice, you know, guys get less motivated by it. Um, if you cancel it and get pissed off, like the guys who are there, they're going to get pissed off at the guys who weren't there because now we're losing work. And I think it's a much better motivating tool to use the canceling of the practice system instead of just trying to push through and have people <laughs> sitting there not doing anything anyways. Yeah. yeah no, no, so. I agree. I agree. It was, but it, you know, it was interesting. Um, that whole, that whole experience, like we, we talked about the two hour nap and things like that. I think that might be part of the reason why I, I wasn't like, not to mention, I love spending time with the guys on the weekends and things like that. But I also was like, you can maybe speak to this is like the pace and culture of Spain was kind of a, a much more casual atmosphere. I mean, you'd walk down normal streets, and regardless of the time of day, you'd see somebody um, hanging out outside restaurants um, and uh, being very casual. The way the restaurants worked, like as soon as you were sit sitting down, like nobody was gonna pressure you to to hurry up and pay your bill and things like that, and um, I don't know. It, it just seemed that, like, that casual culture was, um, you know, part of what I loved about it, uh, loved about Spain. And, uh, I don't know. I, I just think about it when I'm in a, like, I, I don't know. I guess it's part of who I am. I don't, I hate waiting in line and, uh, at restaurants <laughs> and then having to, hurry up and eat so quickly i don't know spain it was so casual it was, there was usually like never a wait um even though you have um you know a lot more people taking their time it just seemed like people were eating throughout the day constantly so it was like there was never a, a lot of like places that you you had to wait a long time to sit down it was crazy yeah, um, man, the food culture there. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I was, I was just talking the other day about, what were you going to say? The only thing I was going to say was, um, the only time I think I may have had to wait was, um, on like a Sunday, like brunch type lunch situation where the whole team, like a bunch of guys wanted to get down. But like, that's, that's prime time, so it's harder, but, other than that, like it was it waiting, was, waiting as far as like waiting for food at the restaurant or waiting, no, waiting for, to sit down, waiting to sit down. Oh, uh, waiting to sit down. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you have all of those guys come with you, especially when you get the yeah, when you got like 20, <laughs> 20, 20 guys. So, 
but wow, those are I miss those about Spain. Those Man, are those, amazing. Those big, those big dinners, those big lunches. You you and you just sit down and like, and whoever it was, usually S two would be the guy just uh picking out everything and mm. off, off the menu. You wouldn't lift a finger and 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 food would show up right in front of you, and you'd be like, all right, yep. word. <laughs> And then everyone splits the bill. This is my favorite part about yes. Spain is that if you ordered a little bit more, you ate a little bit less, whatever it was, everyone is splits it even. And there's no discussion of I had this. <laughs> I, and it's just like they don't care if they're losing a euro or two, whatever. Yeah. Like you guys are my family, my friends, and friends split the bill. Yeah. Like I, it's, I like that part about Spain, man. Yeah, it was it was awesome for sure. Um but yeah, uh, what were you saying? You were talking to somebody about it. Oh, just about the lifestyle in Spain. Um, yeah. You know, after work, you don't really go home. I mean, after work, you go, especially from like, for, well, at least for me, because I walked everywhere. And most, like a lot of people that walk places, and it's just like, hey, let's meet after work. Like, okay, I get off then, and then you just, I mean, you don't really go home. You go out and you <laughs> go meet yeah. some friends. You have a few. A few beers and some olives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and you, and you hang out, man. And people there live on the streets, man. They live outside of their houses. They live at the tables and the bars and in the parks and in the plazas. And they, yeah, they enjoy. They enjoy being with people, being outside, just very social the area. The yeah, very social. Very. They enjoy their own city a lot. Um. Yeah, it's nice. It's very nice. Did you ever go to Madrid? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed See, it. I like Madrid. Yeah, you, you liked it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, because you guys would have. Um, did you have a game there, or did that team no, drop the, down? The Osos. No, they. The did Osos. Not. No, they. Uh, they weren't in our league. Right, because they had that whole scan. Yeah, not scan. Yeah. They just. They, they just, just messed up with their insurance. <laughs> I thought they imported like way too many people. Maybe. Oh, is that it? Who knows, man? Yeah. But, oh, no, that was it. And then the next year they had something with like their insurance. So they needed the papers in and then they had to go okay. down to the fourth division or something. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it messed up. Um, but yeah, man, Madrid. I really like Madrid. I, I mean, I prefer Madrid over Barcelona, which yeah. usually people like it the other way. Um, yeah, but for me, like Madrid is a Spanish, it's Spanish city. It's, oh, yeah. um, for Barcelona's sure. like, it's a really nice, beautiful city, but it's a very international city, which is its own thing in itself, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but for like Spanish, Spanish, like real Spanish, like deep culture Spanish, like Madrid, really nice spot. And they're like even more, like I was just talking about how, like how you notice, I'm sure, but maybe I don't know if you noticed the difference in Madrid with, how much more like that, like being in the streets, living there, like it's, Estu was telling me that, you know, when you're there, he's like, you're never at home. And my other buddy from Madrid is also telling me, he's like, man, you're never at your house in Madrid. Oh, like, your really? house is, you know, yeah, he's like, you're always in the streets, man. He's like, you're out with people. Maybe that's just those two guys going through an alcoholic stage. I don't know. <laughs> but, maybe. <laughs> yeah. but maybe. Yeah, so... Yeah. Well, well, S2, I don't think S2 was ever in his house anyways. I mean, no, he's, <laughs> he's usually working. Yeah, he's either working or going and getting drinks. Or with eating. People. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and usually at the same time he's working and eating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that was the other thing about, like, the players. Like, we'd have people who had kids or, or you know, um, you know, over the hill. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was, it was amazing. Like, like Paolo, man, like, he was still, he was still our own lineman. We had Manu and it was crazy. Um, just Paolo was a legend. All those, all those old, older guys, like, ha- like I had no words. Like, yeah, like if you tell, tell your, um, like I told my friends and my family and things like that. Like, yeah, like my old line uh, had like a couple guys that were over fifty years old, <laughs> <laughs> but they were awesome, you know. 
stop by uh, oh, stop stop by Liverpool and you know he get us a drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Ah, uh, yeah, you hung out at Liverpool a bunch, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, Paolo he worked there um, when I was there. Oh, yeah. Ah, with um, what was it Amadeo the owner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was him. Yeah, I didn't know him. Yeah, too Paolo. Well. But, okay. Yeah, he would just be like, "Hey, Tom, oh, una cosa, una cosa," because <laughs> I got one thing to say. He always had something to say, you know. He's just like, "Oh, sorry about it," you know. I don't know. <laughs> it was crazy, man. He was such an Italian when he spoke. Was, he is, yeah. yeah. It's funny you you bring up Paolo. I was writing him be- just before you called me. Oh, really? Um. Yeah, I don't talk to him too much, but I talk to him every once in a while, and I was just chatting with him yesterday, so just continuing what we were talking about, so. Yeah, yeah hey, man. He's a good dude. They're all good dudes. <laughs> every single one. It's crazy. But, yeah. Did he, um, did he take you to the Mascaleta for Las Fias? Oh, yeah. He's a huge Mascaleta guy. Yeah. Um, just like, he had the Amcells on, on deck, just handing them out. Just like. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, he was there like every day if if we wanted to go, just te- like just text us and be like, I'm I'm at this corner today. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was awesome. Uh, good guy. But yeah, so uh, man, uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I guess another thing. Uh, I only like maybe a few more questions, um, then I'll let yeah, you go. Shoot. But, um, I guess one good question would be, uh, for a lot of people, you know, um, they, a lot of them, you know, like you say you're college, you, you go to college, you go abroad, you get a chance to, you know, visit around, um, you, or maybe you don't even get a chance to go abroad. Um, I guess one thing to maybe ask, um, you is kind of advice for, um, you know, someone who really wants to travel and wants to get a good experience, um, or maybe someone who wants to, um, like really experience it and not just like, I know a lot of my friends who said that when they went abroad, it was an amazing experience, but it wasn't necessarily that rewarding because they weren't able to really experience it. They all they did was stay in their dorm with their American friends, and yeah, they were in a different city, but they were basically experiencing college life in an, in another in another country. Um, what would you say for someone who really wants to experience um, and travel? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. So I, I just wanted to maybe get your take on, on, on traveling and, and any advice you have. Hmm. Okay. Um, that was a hard question. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 it's fine. Um, man, I don't know. I think traveling is a very personal thing. Everyone enjoys doing different things. So, I mean, Pick something that you would, yeah, pick somewhere you want to go, do something you want to do. Um, I mean, it's whatever you want it to be. It's your experience. And so, huh. I was going to say, a lot of people feel as though, you know, like when they're, before they travel, it's a lot, uh, it's very difficult because they don't envision themselves having like, uh, maybe income. So it's very expensive in that way. And, um, or, or contacts and things like that, you know, so I, I just wanted to mention that, you know, like, okay. Yeah. I was going to get into that in a okay, second. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Or maybe I would have forgotten. Who knows? I forget a lot of things now. Um, well for, for that, I mean, yeah, there's no substitute for like, you know, travel, you can watch movies, you can read books, you can talk to people that have been to places, you can, you know, look on the internet for a lot of cool places to go or things to do. But I mean, as far as just, I mean, for me, you just have to 
go. You have to save whatever that money you think it is. It'll never be enough. It'll never be the amount you want it to be to be able to go and do a trip. And I mean, even if it's going to be a two week trip or one month trip, I mean, um, but the longer, if you want it to be longer, you know, that, that money's never going to be what you want it to be. And so you got to realize that and you just have to go. And like I said about the, um, being, you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because you're, you might not go with a lot of money and you might not have a job set up and you might be struggling for a little bit or you might have to ask for help from someone. And, um, it's, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back is they're not sure. And a lot of times they've never been in that situation. Yeah. If you've never gone, you've never been in that situation before. And I think that's when you learn the most about yourself and what, um, yeah, like I know what you're made of, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, the first time I left the country, I went to Germany. Well, I've been to Mexico, but on some cruises, I don't really count that. Yeah. So, um, and I went to Germany, and, and like you said, you have the team there, you have like this automatic acceptance. But my first day, <laughs> I woke up in Germany, and I wanted to get some breakfast, so I walked out. And I had no idea where I was in this town and I got lost and I had to like a teammate come and pick me up and no one there spoke English or anything. And, and yeah, I was like, Whoa, this is like, <laughs> I couldn't find like any breakfast places like I could in the U S this is, and I can't understand anything on the menus and they don't speak English. And I'm like, Whoa, this is really different, really strange. And, and so, but yeah, then you learn, I don't know, you learn how to find someone else. You learn how to, I've learned how to find the, the number of one of my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> so you can come get me. But, um, yeah, but for like travel advice, man, it, for me, it's to go. It doesn't matter. Go anywhere. Go somewhere that you're, that you don't know, that you don't know much about. Um, research about it if you want or don't. Um, you know, or just kind of get there, go out on the street, walk around. Find something, talk to people, ask people recommendations. Um, yeah, but for, yeah, for me, there's no substitute than to just go. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, like you said, like, there's no, there's no amount of money that's gonna be enough, you know, it's, it's, it's always gonna be, you know, there's always gonna be plenty of reasons why it's gonna be difficult because it will, hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, Maybe there's, um, you know, I, like you said, it er, travel is personal, and for a lot of people, they have different standards, and and you know, uh, everybody is gonna be somewhat uncomfortable being out there, and it's just getting used to that, like you said, um, and and for for some people, you know, it's it's choosing, you know, finding the right balance. And, you know, there are a lot of places. I feel like that is one thing to think about as well for a lot of people. You know, once you travel, you realize how really big the, the world is. I mean, and the more, and the more you do, I feel like the more you realize that. Like, just going to Germany and then Spain, you realize it's huge, but, and then you expand your, your horizons even more. You know, now you're in the Philippines. It, it seems a lot bigger, I'm assuming, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, whole different, I mean, obviously, whole different culture, whole different mindset, whole different of, like, why do people do this like <laughs> this here? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like and what? still after, like, what? Oh, man. <laughs> like when I first got here, I just, when I first got here, I was walking around, so I didn't come, me and Seke, we didn't come straight to the island. I watched this TED talk and got all inspired to just do it. Like, let's fly to Manila, which yeah. is pretty far north. Our island's in the south. I'm like, let's just take buses and boats and no planes to get there. And, um, and so we did that. And like on our way, we, we went to a bunch of different islands. We went to very different, well, they weren't that, that different from each other, at least in my opinion. But like when I was walking around, like people, I saw people in the front yard cutting their grass with like a pair of like tiny scissors. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, that's cool. I guess that'll um, get the job done somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I don't know things here that just don't make sense. Like more things off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, yeah. Just every time, but every day I walk around, I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> the way they do it. Like, like for example, like on my boat, they love to fix things temporary. Like they love the temporary fix. They love to nice. wrap things with rubber tubes and tape and <laughs> it's like if they have the, if they like i will give them the things to do it the right way and they will still do it what way makes more sense to them and that's like a temporary fix instead yeah. of like a permanent fix so that's a big thing that's a big thing with a lot of workers here um <laughs> try and do Interesting. And like, yeah yeah. Um, sometimes you're like, what? Why? How were you thinking? What? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I guess it depends on which way you look at it. If it's a, if it's an obstacle or if it's just something that's, you know, it is what it is. It's just the way things are and can't control it. You can't get frustrated with it. So. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's another thing to think about, you know, when you're, when you're visiting another place, you're exposed to people with totally different mindsets and the way they've been brought up. I mean, like you even see that in in the United States from coast to coast or north to south, things like oh, that. Oh, for sure. So yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, and I think that just just experiencing that is uh, a huge like. It, it it totally changed my perspective, you know, thinking about how other people think about things. Um, you know, it's it's definitely worth it. I mean, there are so like like you said to just go. I mean, there are so many places that are, you know, for example, say you say you're on a budget and you're not trying to, you know, um, cost a you know lose a ton of money traveling there are so many places that are inexpensive where you could still totally gain an an incredible you know different perspective on on a new culture or a new uh, or on life in general there there are so many ways to take advantage and it only takes you know just just finally taking the first step but yeah man it's that first step that's the hardest and still for me after it didn't matter if I was in Germany and Spain here every time I go home I'm usually pretty sad like mm, don't really want to go from the place I'm at and every time I get home to go back to whatever place I was at there's like a I don't know if it's an emotional or a um like a feeling of a bit of like stress or anxiety like oh so, I'm so like whenever I go home it's always like oh I'm so comfortable here yeah. even though when I was in Europe I usually wanted to get back to Europe within the month but I would usually be at home for a few months training for the upcoming season and um and when it every time it came time to leave I was still like oh like that step like don't really want to do it but I know I have to and I'm gonna enjoy it once I'm there. So I still get that, man, after eight years, after seven years or seven years. So, I mean, it's still nothing for sure. The first time was a bit way more. I was way more anxious, but I still get that feeling every time. Yeah. What can you ascribe that to? Like, cause I feel the same way sometimes and, and it's not, it's not just traveling. It's like things that are just, um, you know, change, like stepping out of your comfort zone. I think that's a huge part of it. Just like there are a lot of things in your life that are, are, are a lot more difficult to do, like resisting, um, you know, re- resisting the urge for like a, a typical or easy path, you know, like, because let's face it, I mean, traveling in general and, and that type of lifestyle is totally like there are it's just like a difficult route to go and and there are so many other things like that yeah well i guess it's a difficult route to go if you don't have a lot of money yeah, <laughs> if you have true. a lot of money it could be a pretty nice little route to go yeah. um yeah but for the most part with people our age it's yeah it's um it's not the easiest thing to do um and yeah at least in my life i'll um, 
I take the easy thing a lot of times, uh, just cause it's comfy, just cause it's, I guess there, it's available. Um, but traveling, I guess, isn't, well, cause yeah, it would definitely be easier for me to stay in the U.S. to stay there, be comfy there, but I think I would get a little stir crazy, but it's definitely more comfy, more easy traveling out here. It's been now I'm doing this, doing this thing with the business. Yeah, it's not so comfy, so easy, so, um, yeah, just easy. Not not that <laughs> yeah. easy. Um, and frustrating a lot, and yeah, a lot of things. But I think that's anyone starting a company, and doesn't yeah. matter where you're doing it. That's the Very same true. for everyone. Um, but yeah. Well, um, well, that's awesome. I mean, good luck with everything. Tell a second I said hi, and um, you know, we'll do. good luck with everything. You know, and. Um, I appreciate you coming on and talking. Uh, I love catching up and, and, you know, talking about, um, some old stories and things like that. And, um, I, uh, look forward to talking to you soon and, and let me know if, if you ever want to discuss any other things, ideas, whatever, you know, I love to just hear about, you know, people like you doing, doing awesome things. So, um, thanks again, man, uh, for taking time out of your day. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, definitely up for round two whenever. So All right. just let me, yeah, we'll talk about it. Awesome, man. Um, All right, everyone. That was Chris Dabowski. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. I really enjoyed finally getting to know a little bit about his business out in the Philippines and and really have a more you know one-on-one conversation with him specifically about travel and kind of his philosophy on it and what you know led up to all of his travels you know going to Germany Spain and now in the Philippines um, it's interesting to get a perspective from somebody who is able to lead an alternative lifestyle because I don't, I don't know. It seems um, not necessarily uh, more desirable than another one, but it's interesting because it's always hard to break away from, say, a normal life or the um, comforts of, you know, acceptance in a a typical job. Uh, I'm sure all people feel that, you know, the pressure to kind of. Uh, fulfill a job in a traditional setting and things like that and I, and it seemed like Chris had that same pressure um, and it was interesting to see how he saw it um, and I, I think one of the points that kind of rings true for the episode is um, he was talking about you know how when you travel and you've done it over and over again, you start to be more comfortable, but yet you still are uncomfortable. Like he talked about different times where he would travel home and when he goes back, he still had that anxious and nervous and, you know, not wanting to leave. But then once he leaves, he's able to adapt and things like that. Um, so it's that um, ability to be more comfortable in uncomfortable situations and being able to make that change. And his recommendation for all of us is just to go. And and, and there's always going to be a reason not to. And I thought that was good advice because, you know, it. there's always like once you make that first step, it, it, it's always a lot easier after that because then you can take one more step to in another direction um and it just it snowballs in in a positive way so um maybe a good recommendation is to try to make that first step a, a very small one and then the next one will be you know a lot easier to make um one example i guess i could give is this podcast and um the reason it kind of like it it's obviously hard to do, um, to go through all the work of making it, but 
the one of the first things I did, one of the first steps towards making a podcast was me buying a microphone. And that was my first like investment. So it's like once I bought that, I I figured, hey, I better make this or else I'll be wasting this money on on the microphone. And it's just something like that. If it's a small and easy step, make that the first one. And then the next one will be a little easier and it'll kind of give you a little bit of motivation. So, but anyways, um, that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, We're going to have more episodes coming up. It's going to be more frequent. Same thing with the articles. Um, Again, if you have any input, please get in touch with me. Twitter at InspireWirePod and email InspireWirePod at gmail.com. Get in touch. We want guests. We want um, anybody who's interested in writing articles or anything like that or even um, contributing more frequently on a podcast with me or something like that. Any feedback is great. Thanks a lot. See you guys next time. Beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me My lover stands on golden sands And watches the ships that go sailing Somewhere beyond the sea She's there watching for me If I could fly like birds on high Then straight to her arms I'd go sailing It's far beyond the star It's near beyond the moon I know beyond the doubt We'll kiss just as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again I'll go Bye.